welcome everybody. I'm so, I actually don't know how to move forward. <laughs> how do we move forward from such an amazing presence of God? But the word will set us free. And we are going to go back into some worship. I'm going to briefly share. I have felt that although I've prepared my heart, I have a good message. I do feel that I may cut it short because the presence of God breaks the yoke of bondage. And I have nothing I can give you unless it's him. And so I pray that this morning that the few words that I want to share with you would reach and touch your heart and shift you. That you will not be the same. Amen. I'm so overwhelmed by the presence of God right now. So pastor has been preaching on the book of Acts and I'm going to continue in that vein with a slight variation. But I want to just share that that came about because of our 21 day, days of fasting and prayer at the beginning of the year. He felt impressed in his heart that we need to study the book of Acts and see why was it that the church of the early, the early church was so full of power. They were so dynamic, they turned the world upside down. 12 most unlikely men, and yet when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they revolutionized their world. And I asked the question, we've asked the question, why is the church, the modern day, the Western church, not full of the Holy Spirit? Why are we not seeing signs and wonders? Do you ask that question? When we lay on, on the hands on the sick, why are we not seeing miracles? I don't know about you, but I'm desperate. I want to see that, not for our sake, but for his sake, because there's a world that's dying without Christ, and they need to see those signs and miracles. And as I considered the early church, if you think of what a Sabbath would look like, they would come into the house. It said that they would break bread together. I think just remembering the recent death of Jesus and the resurrection, they were on fire to tell people, he died. We saw him go into the grave and he arose on the third day and he has ascended and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Imagine their excitement. They couldn't wait to tell those that they bumped shoulders with. Have we lost that passion? Have we forgotten to tell people about Jesus? They would come together in fellowship, and I think fellowship means eating a meal. So I don't know, are we going to have meals on Sundays? Because I want to say there's something that happened on the Sabbath or the Shabbat that was different. They broke bread. They fellowshiped. They studied the apostles' doctrine, which was the word of God. They prayed for one another, and they met each other's needs. And I think there's something that we need to look at that was powerful about the early church. And I wonder what we've missed. I want to propose, and there's no condemnation because you're in the house today, but is there a consumerism that's taken place? in the modern church. And I think COVID didn't help matters. I know we had to stay at home, but many people loved it. One friend of mine said, I'm sitting in my, in my pajamas with my cup of tea, sitting, flicking through the channels and deciding who I'm going to listen to. And my heart was grieved because that's not what God wants. He says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. We should not be satisfied. It's a consumerism. What can I get? Okay, I don't like this pastor's preaching, so I'm going to flick to that channel. Or I didn't like that praise and worship, so I'll just go to Bethel or Hillsong. It grieves the Spirit of God because, yeah, what happened a few minutes ago, 
the anointing when we come together as the bride of Christ and he has given access to come and to dwell amongst us and to move as he wants to move. That is what the body of Christ is. And we need to be zealous about the house of God. Amen. We need to become the kind of people who can consistently announce, embody, and demonstrate the kingdom of God. That's what they did. They believed. They believed with all their hearts. And we need to build spiritual muscle so that we can maximize the gift that he's given to us. It came with a great price. It came with a great price. So visualize this for me, with me for, on a Sunday morning or on a Shabbat morning. So I was walking to the marketplace and I'm telling them, I went to the marketplace and there I saw Miriam standing and the spirit of discernment came upon me. And as I looked at her, I realized that there was this demonic entity oppressing her. And suddenly the gift of faith arose in my heart. And as I went to her, a word of knowledge came and I began to declare what was happening in her life. And I asked if I could pray for her. In that moment, as I, by faith, stood trusting God, a prophetic word came. And I could tell her what was going on and what God had for her. And in that moment, as I prayed for her, she cried out, show me. Jesus, lead me to Jesus. And I led her to the Messiah. And yes, she is testifying. Is that what church should be like? Perhaps another one stands up and says, I was walking to the temple and suddenly my eye caught a man lying on the side of the road, lame, begging for alms. And faith arose in my heart. And I went and I said, silver and gold I do not have. But that which I have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus. Arise and walk. And he, jumping up and praising God, ran to the temple to testify of what God had done. And here he is today to tell you this truth. Is that what the church should be doing? Should we be testifying? Should you and I be doing the works of God, trusting for miracles that God would use us to bring glory to his name? I'm sorry, I'm so emotional. We are like that lame man. We were given legs at birth. But God wants us to move our legs. When Peter spoke to him, he activated something that he already had. Lame legs that needed to move in the name of Jesus. Can I declare to you today that in the spirit realm, we have lame legs that we have. We need to be activated. We need to be activated that we would walk in the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Can you say amen to that? In Jesus' name. When the Holy Spirit has been activated in us, we too should be jumping and leaping and praising God and declaring the goodness of God. I want to encourage you, church. You and I are the called out ones. We are the only hope for this world. We need to activate those lame legs in Jesus' name. And pastor has been preaching and he has been sharing on Joel, the prophetic word 
that Joel gave, the utterance that in the last days, God's going to pour out his spirit on all men. Do you believe that we are living in those days? Are you anticipating a time when God is going to pour out his spirit without measure and you and I better be ready and activated to be his hands and feet to move on his behalf because we are his only hope. Just me and you as we are, just as we are. But Joel, I want to bring to your attention that Joel, before he uttered those words, he called for a fast and a prayer, a time of lamenting because the land was devastated. There had been locusts and as he called for that and they obeyed, my message is called obedience is better than sacrifice. As they obeyed, he said, God will restore the years that the locusts have stolen. Do you believe that was judgment on that generation? Do you believe that we are in the judgment of God? He's a loving God, but he's a judging God. And COVID has brought judgment. You and I have the answers in our hands. He wants to restore what COVID stole from you and from me. But it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take coming together and praying and fasting. Don't wait for the church. You are the church. You begin to pray, you begin to fast, you begin to believe, rally your friends, meet in your homes and break bread and do what the early church did in Jesus' name. And then he said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all men, all men. And we will walk in power. Are you ready for that? Because I have an urgency in my spirit that says we are living in those days. But we need to prepare ourselves and be obedient. So God was always looking for an obedient person or people that would just do what he told them to do. And so it takes me to my story quickly. And I'm just going to expound for a few minutes in Genesis 24 verses 1 to 28. It's a long read. Maybe I'm just going to jump a little bit, but there's some points that I want to bring up. It's the story of Abraham when he was old. And he says to his servant, go and find a wife, a bride for my son. And we know that the servant has all the wealth of the, of the father at his disposal. And he loads 10 camels and off he goes with 10 servants. And Abraham says, don't take a wife from this land. Take it from my homeland and bring her back to my son. And part of the scripture, I'm not going to read it for time's sake. Part of the scripture says that when he comes to the city, he first prays and he says, God, let me have favor with you today. Let the one that comes and I ask for water, let her be the one that will give me water, but will also say, I will water your camels. A very specific prayer. I mean, um, it was wells, not on tap. You had to do this whole thing. And the story goes that the maidens are coming and Rebecca comes out and he runs to her and says, I am thirsty. And she says, drink, my Lord. And she says, I will water your camels as well. She was positioned in tune to the Spirit of God, obedient, and she began to draw the water. Ten camels are here. A camel drinks 114 
liters of water in a 10-minute sitting. So do the maths. A thousand liters. There she was, drawing water, drawing water. She could have said, I just did my nails. This doesn't suit me. Or she could have said, oh, I've got a twitch in my back. I really can't do that. Or she could have said, you have 10 servants. Why don't you draw water for yourself? But in tune to the Spirit, she responded. And she watered the camels. Not knowing that those camels were carrying jewelry and gifts to bestow upon her. And I want to say, beloved, that when we are obedient, we don't realize that God, through the Holy Spirit... It's, a, it's a, an image of the father is Abraham, Isaac, the son is Jesus, and the unnamed servant is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has got all the access to heaven's wealth. He's the one that has been sent to give the gifts from the father. He's the one that disperses. But I wonder if part of that is obedience. If she had not been obedient, she would have missed it. But obedience is better than sacrifice. And the Holy Spirit is still today saying, I am thirsty. He is still preparing the bride for the groom. That is you and I. He wants to give us gifts. He wants to bestow that on us. But are we obedient? You know, it's like if I tell my children, please do this and this and this, and they don't obey. Will I give them more responsibility? I want them to be obedient in the least of these things. And if they don't respond, usually there's a little bit of chastisement. <laughs> and this brings me to the question, where have you and I grieved the Spirit of God by not being obedient. Maybe you say, I'm a very obedient Christian. I, you know, I, I really adhere to all of the Ten Commandments. I think I'm obedient. Can I suggest today, perhaps God has asked you to forgive someone and you really just can't do that. Disobedience. Perhaps you've been withholding your tithe because actually COVID really crushed me financially and I can't afford to tithe. But God said, prove me herein that you tithe to my storehouse and see if I will not um, stop the devourer in your life. There's a promise attached. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Maybe God has been saying to you, I want you to put your cell phone down and spend some time with me. I'm longing for you. And you mean to do it. You really want to do it. But somehow that scrolling, I just have to see what everybody's saying. He wants simple obedience. Simple. It's not heavy stuff. It's simple obedience. Maybe you're pursuing the corporate ladder, and you've been so busy building this wonderful legacy and dynasty for your family. But in the process, you've neglected your wife, and your family is falling apart. Beloved, obedience, obedience, what are we chasing after? 
Perhaps you've had this unction, I should really serve. They need people in the children's church, camera people in our media department, our ushers. But you know, I know it's going to cost me. I want to encourage you today. We have some forms at the back. I'm using this opportunity to fish. If you feel convicted, if you can offer something, only you can make that difference. I'm asking you, would you put your name down? We'll get in touch with you. You need to be planted in the house. You need to be like that tree that's planted by the river and drawing up nourishment. Why? So that we can produce fruit. And then your fruit, you need to give it away. Because if it stays on the tree, it becomes fraught and stinks. And it falls off. And you lose the opportunity that God has given you. The Holy Spirit is so thirsty for us today. He longs to be wanted. He longs to be desired. He wants to be hosted. He is the lover of your soul. And I want to say, like Mary and Martha, we know the story. Martha was so busy, busy, making sandwiches that Jesus never asked her to make. And Jesus says, but Mary has chosen the better thing. I want to say to you, just water the camels. And you say, but that's a contradiction because Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. Hear with your spirit ear. If he says, water the camels, water the camels. If he says, make me a sandwich, make the best sandwich you can make. But if he says, come sit at my feet, beloved, tune into the spirit of God. It is the key, it is the key to receiving the gifts that he wants to give to us. There's gifts that we could look at, I'm not going to do it. You can make a note, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11. It's the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are the power gifts that he wants to give to us so that we're not alone, that we are not doing this journey on our own. But as we step out of the boat, as we go to that person, as he stirs our heart and says, I feel God is saying, in that moment, faith will arise and the gifts will begin to operate. I hope you are hungry for that because you and I are the only answer to this dying world. But he's given us very specific instructions and one of them is, feed my sheep and tell Jesus, tell people about Jesus. And I know for a lot of people, you say, I don't know how to witness. It's, it's scary. How do you just go up to somebody? Robbie's a great evangelist. And Robbie's fearless when it comes to telling people about Jesus and even calling out sin. He's fearless. I'm more reserved, believe it or not. And I, I have always felt a little bit like, how do you do this? But I'm being convicted. And as I was preparing this message, I want to share with you how I think my story would be if I wanted to tell you about Jesus. I was lost and he found me. I was the most wretched without hope. But he came walking on the water towards me and he said, do not fear. When I went through the water, it never covered me. 
And when I was in the fire, he was the fourth man in the fire. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the bright morning star. There is none like him. He is majestic, full of wonder. When I was lost in my sin, he went and hung on a cross and he took upon himself my sin. And he went to Hades and took the keys from my enemy and he set the captives free and he rose on the third day and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's my Jesus. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the bright morning star. He is my hope. He has never failed me. He is Jehovah Shammah. My God that sees everything. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is the great I am. Can I introduce you to this man, Jesus, the lover of my soul? Can I lead you to Jesus? I never quoted one scripture. I hope you felt my love for Jesus because that's what you and I can do. That's all we have to do is reveal him and what he's done for us in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So we have opened the small campuses and the purpose is that we can all gather on a Sunday, amen. But I wanna encourage you, when you get asked to go to a smaller campus, it's not punishment. <laughs> I know we all want to be in the house, but I want to encourage you today. It's an opportunity, yes please Jared, if you would come forward. It's an opportunity for you to come prepared as the bride of Christ. Begin to look for that one that needs Jesus in the marketplace and bring them to the house. Lead them to Jesus. Let them come and testify. Tell them about Jesus and let's baptize them and lead them into the life everlasting. Come ask the Holy Spirit, what gift do you wanna give me today? Of your nine gifts, how can I be part of encouraging the ecclesia, the called out ones? We need you, we need you. We need the gift that only you carry. And so I encourage you today, under the uh, direction of our facilitators, there will be order, and we will grow and we will make mistakes, I'm sure. But it's time for the church to arise in Jesus' name. It's time for those power gifts to be displayed through you and through me. We need, beloved, to become hungry to see the lost saved. Ask God, break my heart with what breaks your heart. It's a dangerous prayer. I'm not an emotional person, all of you that know me. But as I become so aware that so many are going to an eternity without Christ, I am moved, I am moved to tell them about my Jesus. And I pray that you are. Will you be obedient? I believe that obedience will bring the gifts into the house. It's one of the keys to the kingdom. Obedience, obedience. And so as I hand over to the worship team, I want us to prepare our hearts. Perhaps God has been putting a spotlight on something in your life, just like he has in mine. 
And today, as we sing the song, Come Holy Spirit, would you invite the Holy Spirit to come? Touch that area. And you know, we make it so difficult, but repentance is so easy. You know, when your child comes and says, Mommy, I'm so sorry. You don't beat them up. You embrace them. And you say, I love you. And Abba Father just wants you to acknowledge where you've missed it and determine today, I am going to become that person that Jesus can rely on. I will water the camels and I will receive the gifts that they were bearing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Let us stand as we worship.